Hello, Black Eagles and Worthless Curs, and welcome to Scanline Media's Sober School edition of our Fire Emblem Three Houses cast. Uh, it's it's me here, Six, and I was like, you know, I need to do a podcast with cool people, so I didn't invite Jen or Kyrie. I only invited Ryan. I'm Ferdinand Von Eyer. Damn! <laughs> Yo, he says it every time. Waganawa, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, oh, so um, we're both we're both Black Eagles. We're, we're both repping the good house over about, here. Yeah, we're talking about the Black Eagles. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, was Black Eagles your first choice? Like, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Same here. Yeah. No, like there was no like. Well, first I was the first one of our of our group. To pick up the game i'm pretty sure yeah. um so it was kind of like i had my like other people who were going to record a podcast with me were like asking me like what did you pick so i can pick something else but even if they'd been like i picked black eagles i would have been like well tough shit <laughs> yeah because the black eagles are the only ones i thought were cool mm-hmm. um claude seemed okay but i didn't i couldn't get along with the other people and his they're just the, his house's vibe just didn't click with yeah me. i didn't know how claude fit into all this until i like listened to the three moves ahead um episode on this um which just came out a couple Wait, days ago i didn't know three and i did one on this um yeah it was just it just came out and uh, gita jackson was a guest on it and she basically talked oh. about how um claude's kind of deal is just trying to fight against racism because he's like mixed race and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i was like oh i can see that i can see that being interesting so um but yeah, I, before right. that i literally did not know what claude's deal was <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, like, my picture of Claude's deal from, you know, what I saw in my playthrough and a half so far um, is mostly just the game being like, he's like really friendly and super schemy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess that's, you know, I'm down with that. But like, I'm not down with that, you know? Yeah. I wanted I wanted the imperious, imperious lady who was like, clearly we need to crush the church. And I was like, hell yeah, we do. Okay, question, first question. Did we both accidentally recruit Sylvain? I don't see how, like, honestly, you can't not, basically. <laughs> if you are if you play Lady Byleth, he's just like, hey, I'd love to join your class. And before you even know what that means, you're mm-hmm. like, o- okay? And then he's just there, and you're like, oh, <laughs> all right, hi. <laughs> yep. Like, what house even is he? I have honestly he's, no idea. He's Blue Lions. Is he? Yes, because okay. I'm playing Blue Lions right now, and he's in my squad, and I'm a male. So, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That you know, your 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 story checks out. But like, I genuinely have. Yeah, I'm I'm 60 hours into this game, and I had no clue what house he's from because he's like, you're like, hey, where are you from? He's like, wherever you're from, baby. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a what a! I mean, I in, I appreciate the character, but also he's insufferable. <laughs> he's a lot. The I posted a video on Twitter like a couple of days ago where there's an amazing line read where him and uh, I don't remember his name, the uh, Felix. Felix, thank you. I will fe- he's just like, look, I'm sorry. I was just trying to pick up some girls. I didn't mean to upset you. I'm like, this character is so fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> have you like you had some of the um like have you raised your your social link with him I, I, 
support. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, Persona. Um, <laughs> with him as uh, as Byleth? Um, don't remember how far I got. I don't think I'd not actually no. I, I didn't actually um. Honestly, oh, yeah. even if you only get to be with him, you mm-hmm. get an event where he like explains his deal basically, and it's like. It's like he has like a a brief snap where he's like he just like he just goes like full hardcore MRA for about ten seconds and you're like oh boy because yeah. he's he's like he's you're like I mean why do you you know because you're you're like with with Lorenz basically your your support with him is basically just going like so why do you flirt with people all the time and you know a C rank he's like haha because they're so pretty haha ooh girls ha <laughs> and you're like mm. and then a B rank he's like you want to know the real reason. Because I've got a crest, and in this society, everybody wants a crest, so they all just want my seed, and they want to get a crest baby so they can be nobles. And man, fuck all women. I hate all women so much. Oh my god. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. And you're like, okay, call the police. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. He calls you, a, like, he, and he, again, right before he does the just kidding, he's like, you wouldn't understand what it's like to be born with this obligation with the crest. Like, I had my crest, and I've known the whole time, and it's made everybody so manipulative of me, and you were born, you didn't even know you had a crest, you're just a spoiled brat. He's like, ah, just, did I get you? And you're like, mm. <laughs> Wow. I know that kind of joke, my dude. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. I don't know how I ended up liking this character. It's mostly just because everyone shits on. That's the best thing about the every shitty characters support in this game. Is is everyone him, dumps on them. Yeah, every support in the game, they just shit on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I don't know if he actually ever figures his shit out. Is there an end? Like, I wonder if there is a support you can build where, like, the ending is, and then he learned not to be a misogynist creep. But you know. I have no idea. I don't know if I'll ever find out, and I'm happy with just the support conversations where it's just Dorothea being like, mm-hmm. you're actually just a garbage human. I can see right through you. <laughs> yep, yep, totally. Uh, so, okay, we went on different sides of the Black Eagle split. Yep, that's kind of why we're here. So you gave you got this game first, you were playing it, um, and mm-hmm. then you hit a point. You first you tweeted like, "Oh, this game just fucked me over," and I was like, "Uh oh, what's gonna happen?" Um, mm-hmm. And then you messaged me, basically telling me what happens or what the diversion point is for the Black Eagles. Mm-hmm. Basically, in February of Act One, if you need to talk to Edelgard at a specific point to activate like a special cutscene, and then after you do that. Um, the mission in February, you'll get a different option, um, or at least like a choice uh, as mm-hmm. to whether you would side with Edelgard and uh, kind of help her uh, take over her empire and all that, or if you want to side with the church. Um, and I guess you missed the trigger for the special option for that. Because it's sucks. not marked in any way. It's marked if you're the person who's like first weekend of the month. I'm gonna talk, just talk to everybody, and then you'll probably naturally find it. But yeah, that's true. I I did that most of the time, and then it was like there was a point where it was like, I think I mean like in February it was like okay, some shit's popping off, and I've been doing a lot of stuff in the monastery, and I'm just gonna take it easy this month. And that was the wrong month to take it easy. Mm, yeah, extremely um, the wrong month. <laughs> But, like, it's it's funny because, I mean, it's, it's you know, the sort of dark, like, goddammit kind of funny, where, like, 
if you haven't done that work, so what happens is, you know, Edelgard reveals herself to be the Flame Emperor, and she does a raid on the tomb, or whatever, the mausoleum, and she's getting all the crest stones. Yeah. And you then you beat her, you beat all her forces back. This happens either way. Right. And then you have the cutscene where Rhea's like, like, damn you, Edelgard, I can't believe your treachery, and, like, Byleth, cut her down! And, uh, if you haven't done the groundwork, you have two options, which is, like, Oh no, and oh geez. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and whichever one you pick, your character just doesn't do anything, and then the game's like, yep, you love the church. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Oh man. It's, it's just, uh, I feel like that, that branching point is handled really clumsily. Yeah, and it's not, so the thing you have to do is not even like, it's, not a lot like it's it doesn't feel important like so basically what you do is you talk to edelgard and then she becomes like empress and then you go back to school and finish out the month and that's it Mm -hmm. that's that's all you do so that could have happened either way like that's not in like an inherently divergent action that you did to unlock the branching path it just feels superfluous and not you unnecessary. You see her get a crown put on your head, then you don't care about her. Oh, then you just don't care. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand yeah. why. If you liked it, then you should have put a crown on it. What? Uh oh. What? Uh uh. No, no. Yeah. For me, it would just feel better if they made that seem mandatory and then gave you the option when it actually popped up. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, you could it. have a different way where it was like, I mean, you could do it where. Like, what if there was a there was a scenario where the Flame Emperor wasn't unmasked? That scene, whole scene happens, and it's with the Flame Emperor. And if you have had, if you've done a previous secret scene to find out that it's Edelgard, you have the ch- option to hold back. But if you don't have sure. that, you're just like, oh, I'm attacking because you're the Flame Emperor. You know, it seems like there's there's a way to do that. Did you get the super anticlimactic scene where she storms into the tomb and then like somebody off screen just goes, oh, and she's also the Flame Emperor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like shouting stage direction. Like, what's my motivation? (laughs) Yes. So goofy. Because I know how that reveal plays off in at least Black Eagle, or not Black Eagle, uh, Blue Lions. And it's way Mm. more dramatic, which makes this even funnier. That's some Somebody was like, oh, look, it's nearly Headless Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. No, so from there, you know, you get the branching point where you, you went with you went with Eddie and I uh, fell into a ravine for five years. Yeah. Um, so do you not like, do you not, what, how do you even time skip in your... What happens is... I'm trying to remember the exact. So after the monastery, uh, not monastery, after the uh, two mission, uh, you kind of split off your like group. Basically, it split off from there. So your party, basically everybody goes with you except for those like obviously aligned with the church, like Flane. Mm-hmm. Flane doesn't join you, obviously. But most of, if you have people recruited, they join you. Um, and... From there, there's a mission where you're taking over the monastery. Like, you're taking over Garrick Mach. And then at the end of it, um, Rhea turns into the dragon. And then you get knocked out for, like, five okay. years. So that's okay. how it so it's, they, they, they sort of, they 
worm their way back into the five-year time skip via dragon yeah. kicking you into a cliff. Basically. Okay, sick. Love it. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they even use the same cinematic. Like, does she directly hit you, or are you sort of, like, reeling from her dragon reveal and her swooping around? I don't remember if it was a cutscene or if it was just a visual novel style thing mm. um i honestly don't remember because i've also definitely yeah, full I've, cg for right because i also remember the i've seen some of the blue lines cutscenes and those were cg i just don't remember i remember them being more dramatic than what i got mm. i guess yeah um, i mean there's a lot of there are a lot of cutscenes in the game where it's clear like they are editing it in such a way that they could play it for multiple routes like you, right. know, you do the the battle of the three you know like the the eagle and the whatever and it's like, here's the shot of the black eagles. Here's the shot of the of the golden deer. Here's the shot of the blue lions. Here's the shot of Byleth by herself behind, in front of a tree. Yeah. Who knows who she's with? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. And then also in, in the routes where you uh, end up sort of siding with a church or whatever, where you're not with Edelgard, that cutscene is just like, you know, Rhea pops out and like goes dragon and then like Byleth is standing there like oh army here oh army there and then the ground opens she goes ah yeah okay "Okay." thinking back now that wasn't a cutscene she it just pops up an image of a dragon (laughs) 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 yeah do you think it was a JPEG or like a PNG or like Uh, what do we I would hope it would be the highest quality image that they have but this game has hella video compression so who knows yeah, one of the things that's been been getting me in my second playthrough, I don't know why it took me this long to notice it, but whenever you do support conversations, it's just like the background, they took one of the rooms, made it into a single blurry texture, and then put a fisheye <laughs> lens on it. It looks so weird. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird technical limitations on this game that I find really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Just like all the cutscene cutscenes being like super compressed to the point where it's like really noticeable, like you downloaded a bad torrent or something. Mm. Um, and yeah, just the limitations of like the textures on the character models when you're up close to them, stuff like that, where it's like, man, oh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to make of it, but yeah, like the resolution like dropping when there's a lot of stuff happening, or if you like attack. <laughs> Because I played without the cinematic stuff. And even then, mm-hmm. like, oh, you did a hit? We're going to drop the resolution for, like, a second. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what? <laughs> so, It's, yeah. you know, really intense to have these models move. Move literally an animation of somebody slinging their sword at another small enemy, not doing any of the combat animations or anything. I kept it in top-down view, and it's still uh, weird. It's weird. It's, it's really weird. uh Thing. I don't know how they made the game, but it's very strange to me. So as far as like, I, I did, one of the things that I miss is not getting more development with like Hubert and stuff. Does mm-hmm. that dude go anywhere? Because like in, in my route, he was just like, I'm creepy and suspicious. And then I had to kill him, you know? Yeah. So Hubert's interesting because his... um few things with hubert is that he kind of operates in secret like he like straight up doesn't tell edelgard about the things he's doing um and that that actually gets this actually you know brings up one of the things about this game that's 
I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but it's a thing that you definitely notice talking to other people who played like different routes is that like character motivations or what you think character motivations are or more the like interiority of a character would be completely different um, or their actions would be slightly different than um, if you played a different house. So mm-hmm. when people say that Edelgard is like a basically a fascist who um you know is just out to murder everybody like i got a more nuanced perspective on her motivations but also it is made very clear that maybe edelgard is more conscious of her actions meanwhile hubert is in the shadows killing everybody he needs to for edelgard to kind of like he in his own words uh build a bloody path for edelgard to sort of travel along yeah, I think there's, there's, I mean, I wonder how much it is, you know, there's, there's definitely some butterfly effect stuff going on, right? But I wonder how much they change basic premises of characters. Cause like, I mean, in my, in my playthrough, basically everybody was like, like, Edelgard, we see what you're going for. We just think this is the wrong way to do it. Um, right. Which is like, you know, okay. I, you know, I think it was the right way to do it. I think she did a good job, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, it's like, it was very, it was a sympathetic perspective. Um, but like, you know, hearing about like, especially the, the blue lions where it's like, or, or like, yeah, the, yeah. The blue lions where Edelgard, like in her, in her, like almost last moments where she's like, oh. I'm dying and and Dimitri runs up and is like it's okay and then she stabs Dimitri it's like the Edelgard the route I played would not have done that right exactly yeah yeah so like my Edelgard specifically um there's a really really good moment like after you do the diverging past stuff where she Edelgard does the speech to sort of motivate everybody and sort of reassure them that this is the right path to be on um and then afterwards, she kind of pulls Byleth aside, and she basically just is just like, um, "I'm a, I'm starting a war. So I'm starting a war. I wanted like change the world, but I'm also starting a war, and like countless people are going to die, and I'm gonna be the one that giving the command. I'm the one who's like initiating the conflict, and I don't know how I feel about that. And even though I'm gonna continue forward." Um, I'm still conflicted, and are you sure you want to join me on this? Mm. So, like, she is obviously conscious of what she's doing, and she's obviously conscious that, like, the world that she wants to create um, is going to be... Getting there is going to be messy, and getting there, maybe she she doesn't necessarily want to kill everybody, Um but she is pretty set on you know obtaining her goal there's a line where she's like um if people would just surrender like i wouldn't kill them basically like if these people knew that they were gonna die um why would i be fighting them why can't we just like not do this without the war part basically mm-hmm. um which i mean compared to our actions and compared to like hubert specifically i don't know how much i buy that but you know um but yeah i just found it super interesting that um the game provided more nuance to her character than what i've heard before um 
And yeah, that part was really cool where she was just really self-conscious and, and, and knowing about the, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not signing you up for anything here, but if there comes a point in the future where we both played all the roots, we should do this again. Yeah. And figure things out. But, you know, that's that's like, yeah, listeners, you're not getting any kind of promise. That's a, that's a lot of hours. That's, that's unlikely yeah. to happen, just if it does. So I feel like one of the things, I mean, like the reason, you know, obviously, as far as the leaders, I like like Edelgard the best. But like the thing that pushed me over the edge into picking, of course, uh, the the Black Eagles is the members of the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there isn't a Black Eagle I dislike. Um, but I think I my favorites, I don't my my three favorites are definitely, uh, yeah, obviously besides Edelgard. Um, I like Dorothea. Mm-hmm. I like Bernadetta. And, hmm, the problem is that the last, like, the, at a certain point it was like, oh, I've recruited so many other people, it's hard for me to remember, because I was like, and Lysithia, mm, she's not ours. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she rules. Um, I actually did like Ferdinand a lot, which mm-hmm. surprised me. Petra's a uh, black eagle. Oh yeah, no Petra rules. Okay, never mind. Fuck you, Ferdinand. <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> Petra is great. Yeah, um, yeah. I I ride or die Bernadetta as like my favorite character in the game, just because. Um, it, I mean, obviously, it starts off for the anime tropey of like she's very shy and reserved and just wants to stay inside all the time. And then you get to her backstory and her history with abuse, and then it's just like, oh, like I see myself in this character like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so like especially like in her like doing her like support all the way up, definitely um made her my favorite character and just the. Mm-hmm. Just because her isolation feels so real um, and very, like, well portrayed to me um, that when when she says in, like, the halfway point in the game or towards the end, like, being around these people has made me more outgoing, you actually feel it because Mm -hmm. you've spent so much time getting to know her. Yeah, I feel like one of the few things that I do feel like the game kind of suffers from, uh, from its structure, is the way that because you could technically do the supports, like, obviously there's a cap to how much you can do before the time skip, Yeah. but you could do the beginning of it after the time skip, mm-hmm. um, and that means that they can't bake in as much character progression based yeah. on time as I would like. Totally. Like, it's only, it's, you know, through the course of the plot, you don't see Bernadetta, you know, change. You see it through the supports. And I think that's worthwhile, but it also is a little, like, kind of frustrating in ways, yeah, too. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but yeah, no, I like Dor- I like uh, Bernadetta. I like Dorothea a lot, too. Um, Petra's really dope. I wish I did more support with her. Um, and yeah, no, I just thought the Black Eagles were, like, a really interesting cast. Um but doing the Edelgard route was interesting. Um, so like I said earlier, they go with you no matter what. Um, and some of the character motivations on that don't really line up, really. Mm. So Ferdinand is there and he's a noble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a really good line earlier on this Divergent 
path where he's like, uh, Edelgard wants to get rid of the nobility, but you know, maybe I can convince her otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, that, no, that totally works. Like that's like, that's bad logic. But that's Ferdinand. That is dear. Ferdinand. That's, that's that guy. That he's is like, true. He's he's like he's hanging out with a fascist, being like, maybe I could talk them <laughs> out of this. And you're like, dude, yeah, this yeah, it's not gonna work. Yep, totally. But I, the, the thing that I'm more getting at is like everybody has their own like motivation, or they try to convince themselves of why they're there. Mm. Um. So, like, Petra's there because she was technically a prisoner, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dorothea is there because she wants to follow the teacher and, like, why not imagine a better better world for uh, the common people? Um, mm. Sylvain's there. I don't know why Sylvain's there, to be honest. I don't think he's actually in the cutscene where they talk about this. That makes sense, because, uh, you know, the other houses probably don't get much lip service yeah um i'm trying to think of who else was in that little cutscene. um but basically like everybody uh oh bernadetta bernadetta is like well um not gonna fight my dad so <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's the best reason because like no she would like i'm sh- she would not fight her dad that's true that's true no oh, um poor girl yeah, but it's a lot of that, at least the beginning of that divergent path um, was really interesting to me because it is full of people who like took a really hard turn into something that they're not used to. They kind of, mm. you know, just took a leap of faith um, and everybody's like super unsure and nervous about what's going to happen. And um, this really reminded me so. I took an uh, an African diaspora studies course in college. Um, the second half of this game reminded me of an article I read in that class um, called "All Men Are Fighting for Freedom" um, by Arnett White. Um, so that's this is basically an article about um, she is basically criticizing a philosopher, uh, Franz Fanon, who was kind of like this philosopher, like a revolutionary philosopher who basically was like, hey, revolutions are great and like the emotional catharsis of like enacting revolutionary violence um, is like something that should be strived for despite any like oncoming trauma that it may inflict. Um, Yikes. (laughs) And so White basically takes uh, real-world examples from the Algerian Revolution um, and lists a bunch of examples where trauma was inflicted onto these people and, like, uh, cited a lot of surveys that, like, pointed to, like, hey, like, we can all agree that colonialism fucking sucks, but it isn't that simple as you do a revolutionary violence and then you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're going to seek that article out, like huge trigger warnings for like abuse and just the way that men in power, even on the like revolutionary side, um, sort of just abused women um, who were on their side and just women in general. Um, so huge content warning for that. But it did get me thinking about how like doing a revolution um, in this case, it, it's different because uh Edelgard is an imperialist as well. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, 
the sort of the uncertainty, but also like, are we going to make the world better? Like, what are we actually doing? And what are, are we actually going to be helping the common people out or like what an Edelgard world who is marginalized? Uh, so like the sense of uncertainty in the second half of this game and the sort of just unrest just re- was really evocative to me. Um, so I really enjoyed it for that. At the same time, I feel like some of the character writing um, kind of gets in the way of like the political um, sort of exploration of that because like they just don't drive like. I the the general the writing that they did for the the main plot for the route was really cool and then and then I go to talk to Ferdinand or like um oh what's blue haired guy's name fuck Caspar like I I we you know everybody talks about like doing a revolution and I go to Caspar and Caspar's like I'm gonna fight all people i'm like okay mm. dude <laughs> so it has that disconnect for the character sure. stuff so um but yeah so that sort of like core conflict because i i message you too i doing the like divergent path like actually making that choice and thinking about what it means for the characters in this game was like fucking hard because i knew that i would be fighting like i would be fighting Seth and flane who are characters that i actually like like i'm thinking about like actually fighting against characters that i came to care about was like a really hard like actual decision to make like i sat at that screen for maybe 10 minutes before i actually pulled the trigger on it and the neat thing is i feel like you get that um i i at least got that on on my playthrough as well just in a different way right because like you talked about you know the revolution um the the standard i guess i guess we'll call it the standard uh black eagles playthrough is literally a revolution right mm-hmm. you are a bunch of of uh empire nationals who have decided that you're going to overthrow the current government because you don't think what they're doing is shitty mm-hmm. um and it's interesting like one of the things i really would be curious and i will be curious because i'll get to see it soon um is like how differently characters act who are with you both ways yeah. like dorothea I, I don't know if this is again. I don't know if this is just Dorothea post time skip or Dorothea as a as a revolutionary is just so tired of everything. Yeah, no, she's the same way in that in my playthrough as well. She every every time you go to select her in battle, she's like, I'm tired of fighting. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So the, probably they just have their post time skip personalities, but yeah. it's still it's it's really it's interesting and it made um, parts of it like there were really cool things about how. I didn't do a completionist run, right? Because I mm-hmm. realized based on like how fast I was going through the game, which apparently compared to everyone else, I was speed running the game. I don't know what the fuck everybody else is doing. Yeah. How many hours? <laughs> how many hours did you? 35. 35? Yeah. That's exactly the same as me. And I had yeah. less missions to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just played the game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because the, the, the Aelgard route is like 18 chapters instead of 22 mm-hmm. or 21. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I went faster near the end because I was at a point where I yeah. was like, the interesting things in the story had kind of happened and there's still a few more chapters and I'm like, okay, let's just go. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, New Game Plus, I'm not talking to everybody at the monastery anymore because I know what they're mm. going to say. But like, I mean, I don't, I don't, like, 
I'm sorry for the the shade, but I am gonna throw the shade at like when we were on the abnormal mapping Discord, and someone was like, "Like, how are you doing it so fast?" And I was like, I mean, "How are you not doing it so fast?" I'm like, "They're like, well, every month I spend an hour fishing," and you're like, "What <laughs> are you talking about?" Uh, anyway, um, but like, given my playthrough, there were a lot of people I didn't recruit, mm-hmm. um. And that was really interesting, seeing how they fell and how things shaked out. Like, I fought Lorenz. Because mm-hmm. Lorenz was, like, not obviously not with the Empire, but his faction was Empire-sympathetic. And when I met him in battle, he's like, hey, I don't really want to be here, but, like, I guess this is it. Hey, Teach. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a lot of stuff like that. And I thought that was really, that was really neat. I almost wish there were more... Um, black eagles because like you're guaranteed to have the black eagles but i but what that leads to is that the people who you are fighting who are from the empire are edelgard and hubert and the new characters right um and i like i would have really loved seeing like imperial assassin petra that would have been neat right yeah but yeah it's it's I found I don't know I don't know how you felt about the ending of your of your campaign. I felt pretty good about the game and then it kept going. Mm, okay. Is basically what happened cuz you know I'm, I I think you've listened to the other podcasts. You've you've heard how it went, but just for anyone who hasn't or just to recap, um you you go overthrow Edelgard um and she dies and it's very like, you know, it's a, it's a good moment. Um and then it's like, okay, and then you get like a fax from Hubert like a post-mortem fax he was like hey i did this in case i was gonna die i wrote this note here are the real assholes they're these dudes what got magic underground you gotta go kill them <laughs> and they have cruise missiles um <laughs> i was like okay and so i went and i fought instead them. of those who like slither in the dark they should have just called them those what got magic <laughs> <laughs> So you go and you kill them, and then, like, you know, Rhea takes a bullet, a magic, well, not a bullet, she takes a cruise missile for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounded absurd. Like, what? <laughs> she just turns into a dragon and catches a cruise missile. Let's, you know, it's no big deal. Um, um, and then, you know, as she's like, oh, she's, and so I was like, oh, she's gravely wounded, and you take her back, and they're like, oh, we're not sure if she's gonna live or die, and she's like, come on, I have something to tell you, and she's like, my child, here's the secret about the crest and your situation, and oh no, I'm corrupt, and you're like, you're corrupt from what? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then just everyone tries to kill you, and Tessetta's like, we have to fight all the priests who have her blood, and you're like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> And then you win the fight, and she reverts back to, you know, Pope form as she's dying, and she's like, oh, thank you, I couldn't control myself, please be the new Pope. And you're like, oh, hi. (laughs) So, in my ending, you kill Rhea, she's the final boss, Um, and then your fire emblem goes away, and your hair goes back to normal, and you just chill with Edelgard. Sick. Yeah, it's good. You just saved the world. That's awesome. Yeah. No, like it zooms into your heart and the fire emblem vanishes and then your hair goes back to normal and you die for two seconds and then come back to life. That's uh, a good ending. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I felt good about it. The only, the thing that I was frustrated, like aside from 
that like that i'm happy with that compared to being the new pope um <laughs> but the whole game i'm like fighting for a world that i never got to see mm. that's ultimately what i'm frustrated about because the ending like text like makes gestures that um you know the common people have more opportunity to thrive um compared to how it was before it's not dominated by crest etc but like what does that mean like the the phrase the phrase like more people are have more opportunities to thrive implies that there are people who don't still don't have opportunities to thrive or thriving is an opportunity and not like something that society ensures that people are like well taken care of so like i wanted to know who was marginalized in the society that elgar created or what the limitations were for the world that she created and and like what about you know like the nobles aren't just going to be like okay great i guess we don't have crest anymore and also we don't have special rights that's fine yeah they're not going to take that line down right so it's like yeah, so so the ending like monologue sort of deal basically like Hubert and Edelgard sort of rule over everyone and they, you know, it implies that like hey, this isn't there's going to be opposition no matter what. So they're going to fight against that when they can. Also, the whole people who slither in the dark deal they just get like one or two lines at the end that's like, "Oh, I guess we'll fight those do and like investigate them further." And that's it. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I, it, I feel like with all yeah. of these, there's it just sort of like, you know, you wonder if it's going to be like season pass stuff, but it's just sort of like, it just stops. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of stops, and I, of course, like all the characters have their sort of, and this character went on to do this, but in terms of like the world, I spent thirty plus hours trying to create. I didn't really get any satisfaction in, in um. Like, I didn't know if I made the right choice because the game never once was like, here's what people in society think of Edelgard's rule. Like, there's no, like, pull out to, like, people on the street, you know, or anything like that. I hear you, but also I don't know that, like, I don't know that I trust them to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, listen, I don't want, like, uh, maybe I do. I was going to say I don't want a Metal Gear Solid 2 ending. Maybe I do. Maybe I want live action footage of people just walking around while like Hubert's like humanity. We pass on our genes. Or even I and I know like Persona 5 sucks, but even like an approval meter or something. Like something to be like, what do people actually think of Edelgard? Because I know what my mm. characters think of her. I know what the the characters who've been in this game for the last 30 hours think of her but what do the actual people i'm ruling think of her like i don't know Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i feel like fire emblem has kind of always had a a problem with despite Mm -hmm. like sometimes them being like oh like this is this noble thinks that you know the idea of commoners and nobles is ridiculous and they want to it's still still the idea of like a villager is like a generic like character portrait who waddles on screen and goes my lord they have monsters and that's basically their role Mm mm-hmm um, so, like, especially in this game, where the the most important character, I think no matter what your route is, Edelgard's the most important character to what happens, um, her her position is, like, we need to treat these people better for the game not to treat them better is shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also that when you, <laughs> so you get, you beat the game, and you went into New Game Plus, 
as like welcome to you know having su- successfully saved the world from crests here you are awarded with a bunch of crests you can equip to people <laughs> yeah oh my gosh oh the thing that struck me about new game plus is just being able to buy shit and just be yeah. like oh i'm just gonna own everybody awesome well i always own everybody arms crossed sunglasses <laughs> uh so the other question i had for you is leaving my mind oh no damn it <laughs> damn it um i don't know did you like the fishing <laughs> no i did not like the fishing yeah, at all <laughs> it was pretty boring I guess I mean, are you you a historic Fire Emblem person? No. So this is the first one I've. So the only other Fire Emblem I've played was the um, the uh, first 3DS one. What is it called? Uh, Awakening. Awakening. Yeah. So that's the first one I played, and I played it for like maybe three or four hours until I put it down. And I was like, "This is fun, maybe not for me." Um, and then everybody started talking about this one, and. Um, I saw that it was more like character driven, so I was like, "Cool, maybe I'll get into this." And then, yeah, so like everybody else, I kind of just fell for it because I found all of the characters and like the politics of the game to be like really interesting, which uh, makes me feel like I'm not going to like other Fire Emblem games because they're not like this. The politics, definitely not. I mean, yeah. I do think most of the Western Fire Emblems are pretty heavily character focused. Mm-hmm. I would say that's true. Okay. But, um, I mean, like. If you're willing to put up with a really atrocious plot, Fates is really character focused to the point mm. where like you get married at like the middle point of the game and then like you just marry like there are there are mini games where like you go to your house between missions and it's like your spouse is asleep and you've got to poke them in the face to wake them up. <laughs> it's weird. Um, it's really weird. Fire emblem god we we come we've come so far and not far enough with fire emblem like the last game literally had like gay conversion therapy mm-hmm. and now we're talking about like petra and uh dorothea getting married like we've come far but not far enough it feels like for for the series well and that's just because intelligence systems wasn't very involved in this one i think mm. it was a lot of it was a lot of uh romance of the three kingdoms people which, huh, weird. Three houses, <laughs> three kingdoms. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that crew, like, I, I feel like Nintendo needs to buy Namco at this point. Bandai Namco? Because it's like I mean, Smash Bros. Yeah. Fire Emblem. It's just like, they're just getting them involved in all their first parties and making bangers. So Yeah, totally. And, uh, well, I think I think that's everything I've got. You got any, any last... Any last arrows you want to fire down range yeah as a fire emblem fan where this is rank for you oh, i remember list- fire emblem. okay because i remember yeah. hearing a podcast you were on where you said it was the best fire emblem but had some reservations because you haven't finished it yet so mm-hmm. yeah i was wondering where yeah. where it was on on your list yeah no it's the best fire emblem i think it's fire emblem then awakening then sacred stones is my top three okay so three houses is definitely the best, best mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The I mean the the Fire Emblem's biggest problem forever has been its writing, and this mm-hmm. is easily the best writing they've ever done. So like the combat's always been fun. 
it's just always been good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Ryan. Yeah, no, this was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about the the, the routes we did. The real ones. The real ones. Fucking, fuck all the, oh, fuck no, all the tell other me what, Tell fake. me what Hilda's up to. I don't care. I don't know. I mean, I started Blue Lions, and Dadu seems really cool. Dadu is uh, really cool. <laughs> Dadu rules, but uh, Dimitri is like the Steve Rogers of this game. <laughs> so. uh, it's, the thing is, actually, actually, you're the Steve Rogers of this game because you get frozen for five years. <laughs> I mean, yes, but then, but then Dimitri is like, I don't actually, I don't want you to call me king. I want you to call me Dimitri. Ha ha. <laughs> so. That's true. That's true. Hmm. All right. Well, it's time for our plug zone. Ryan, plug whatever you want. Yeah. At BluestRose430 on Twitter. That's kind of all I have to plug right now. All right, fair enough. Uh, I'm at Six Detmar on Twitter, S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. And I got a pin tweet there that'll tell you all the shows that I do. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you, folks. And peace out. See you.